a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. In today's world, a woman can get her own food. She can buy her own home lock her own doors. She can help be a leader of men, pursue her dreams, change the world how she sees fit. She can fight battles alongside men, be a stay-at-home mom if she wants to, or party like there's no tomorrow. And she can even have sex before marriage. Go figure. Break up with a guy who isn't treating her well and travel all around the world for as long as she feels like it without feeling like she has to settle down or get married to be considered a real woman. The world is her oyster. Yeah. If she is like most women, she still has that innate strong desire to feel safe, to feel protected and provided for by a man. I mean, I work with some of the most strong and independent women in the world, and like 96% of them usually come back and say to me, can I do everything? Yeah, sure. Do I want to? Mm, No. (laughs) I would love to have someone to share that with. And even though she can do it on her own, and if she's good at it, taking care of herself, why does she need to feel protected by a man? And so why is it that smart, independent women struggle in bad relationships or fly solo for extended periods of time and complain that men never take care of them? Do you hear the conflict? (laughs) So you know, I do work with a lot of these women that fit the profile and they struggle and they they know exactly how to get what they want at work, but they find it frustrating that the strategies they normally use in business and in their personal life doesn't work to attract a man. In some sense, they're trying to achieve a partner rather than attract one. And the truth is, is that it has nothing to do with what you're achieving or accomplishing, nor is it about that you can do all these things on your own. A guy doesn't fall in love with you because of how much money you make, that you are the CEO of a company, that you've gone to Ivy League schools that could speak five languages. I mean, those are all awesome and amazing. And yes, a guy will be impressed. I mean, he loves those things about you and respects those things, but he falls in love with you because of how he feels when he's with you and who you are as a person. But sometimes even knowing who you are outside of your work identity and success is the problem. I recently worked with a woman who was running her love life like a business. And I don't mean that in the sense of her, you know, treating dating like a business. I mean, she was going after dating where she she expected a return on investment. She was a financial advisor and she would help people invest millions of dollars. And on top of it, came from an aristocratic family. So here, here she is, this powerful woman. And she was a widow and she had a lot of fears of getting out there to find love again. And she had a beautiful relationship with her belated husband, but realized she did want something different this time around. And she admitted that she didn't really express herself much in the marriage and was busy taking care of the household, running the big estate of her business. And when I first met her, she would leave conversations with her accomplishments, her schooling, her big job, and what she studied. And when I asked her about what she loved about herself outside of these, you know, accomplishments, 
like her personality and what she offered someone in a relationship, she couldn't say it. She just fell silent. So her whole life was based on who she was and what she did for a living. And that is how she gained love. So we really had to work on who she was, how to receive, how to own her femininity, how to emote. So as I always do, we went shopping. We did a whole makeover session. We did some flirt sessions and consistent coaching around self-love, worth outside her business, and of course, femininity. And, you know, I put her on a dating regimen that consisted of dating sites, flirt outings, social events, and I just saw her sexy confidence completely grow. And she started leading with more fun and flirtation and charisma, which, you know, is the key to attraction. And men were just loving it. Bam! She finally then attracted a wonderful man who she's now traveling the world with. And she, you know, what's finding, well, it's really interesting for her because he really loves her for her and she feels that and he provides and protects and cares for her. And she's embracing that. She finally realizes that being, you know, just her is enough. So with me on the line today is someone who is going to help me talk about this stuff and help smart, strong, successful women understand and connect with men so that they feel that innate desire to provide, protect, and care for them. We are going to have a juicy discussion, I can tell already, after talking with him before we came on. His mission in life is to teach and empower people. He is certified life coach, entrepreneur, two times Amazon number one best-selling author and artist who is now focusing his professional energy on teaching singles and couples how to create and maintain successful relationships. He's committed to this mission. His learning has led to certification as both a life coach and an NLP neuro-linguistic programming coach. Welcome, Andre Parody. I'm so excited that I think I said your name right. You did. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hi. It's so Hi. good to meet you. Have you on here. Same here. Yeah. You know, um, gosh, there's, I, I don't even know where to start with you, but let's start with you actually, because I don't, I don't know much about you, only that you're like a neighbor and who knew here in, in LA. Um <laughs> How did you get into all of this? Because you have such an interesting background. Uh, leadership coaching? Yeah, yeah. And doing uh, what you're doing. You know, it's just a long story. I'm going to try to make it short. But um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I felt when I was at five years old, I had a moment where I could put my feelings and my thoughts together. Right before five, we don't have yeah thought process. We can explain. We just feel things. We can't explain. Thinking through, anyway, I was five years old when I put my feelings and my thoughts together, and I realized, this is tragic, five, that I was born in the wrong family, that these people hated me, I did not belong here, I was born in the wrong place, I was born in a snowbank, I'm a sun bunny, like, I, you know, everything about my life was wrong, at five, wow. very strange, I have five, four siblings, there's five kids, I mean, my family, so in a, in a household of seven, I don't belong here, I don't belong here. Like, I'd, so how, what do you do with this, right? As a five-year-old, it was, it was quite terrifying. And I remember thinking, I'm on my own. I'm just on my own. And, but what happened in that moment or the second later is I became like an observant of everyone. Like I, my, my radar kind of went outwards, you know, outwardly to sort of understand my situation. Like, how is this possible? How do you, how do you, are you born in the wrong family? Like, how's, how's that possible? But I was that kid who was awkward, didn't fit anywhere in my house. I started going to school, same thing. But, but I was observing people, watching people, trying to understand something that I 
could put my finger on. So it became my default system. I became fascinated with the human condition. That was my whole life. I'm curious about people. The stranger, the stranger the person, the more I'm right in your face. Hey, hey, how you doing? What's going on? How do you get to be like this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm that guy, always in your face. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious. So that's sort of my temperament plus that push, you know, at, at five. Um, started taking personal development when I was 23 years old. So trying to fix myself, you know, figure out what's wrong with me. Like just trying to unpeel the onion and all that crap because I had a lot of baggage with lack of worthiness. If you don't belong here, like why are you here? <laughs> and and yeah. what, you know what I mean? Like it was it was kind of a terrible situation. But um, I became a professional dancer. It's a long story, but as a teenager, I be I I went to a private high school, and at sixteen years old, I ended up being pulled in a ballroom class for PE because we had that opportunity. I had to uh-huh. sign up for the I had to sign up as a couple with a girl, and she's this girl who I didn't know. The she, I didn't know she knew I existed, asked me to join with her. Cute little thing. Yeah. So my first, very first class, I'm 16 years old. And I remember like with the girl in my arms, like he the teacher. And whatever he did, I could instantly just copy. I just, it was just there, like instantly, which was kind of wild because I, a, a dork, didn't fit anywhere. And all of a sudden I have this, mm. this ability. Like I have this gift that I, you know, that I didn't know I had. So I go from geek to star in about four months because having the guy who could dance better than the other guys instantly, I would dance with the rest of the girls because the guys couldn't really catch up. I became the teacher's assistant. Anyway, next thing you know, that's all I want to do. A sad kid turns into a kid who's now sort of belongs somewhere. Yeah. And, and you understand this as a woman that music and motion, right? The oh, music yeah. and the body motion, like the, the the when these two connect together, the vibration that creates the energy that the energy that creates in a, in a my, it just made me smile. It made me joyful. It just made me want to live, which I had never really felt before. Like I just was a sad little kid, you know, who didn't belong anywhere. So that became when I <laughs> I decided right then and then that that's all I wanted to do. So I took it all the way. I went from bone dancing to jazz dancing. Moved to the West Coast. Um, Got scholarship after scholarship after scholarship. Made my way to Los Angeles. My life is a, my life is a book. Um, I, I'm in Los Angeles on a vacation with my girlfriend, and two days after we get in town, I get hired by Chippendales to go on the road with them and tour. Wait, you were a Chippendale? I was. Who knew? My first professional job. <laughs> and it's funny because I remember I got picked up. Literally, it's a Hollywood story. I'm at a party. We got in town Thursday night. Saturday night is a party at the studio we're working at. Because I was actually helping a friend with this demo reel of dancing. I was dance captain. Um, and I'm at a party with my girlfriend, which is like, hey, we're in LA, just you know, with all the people that I want to be part of, right? These are the people who do what I want to do for a living, right? And uh, and this old guy in the corner keeps staring at me, you know, and it's staring at me and it's staring at me. Everybody's 25 years old, and it's this old guy just freaking staring at me. You know, and I, every time I turn around, he's still there. I'm like, oh, we're in L.A. I forgot. Okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Okay, so I, t- I turn my back on him. Even, you know, this is embarrassing. Dancing with my girl. Anyway, so, and then the guy who asked me to come down to help him, my buddy, next thing you know, they're talking together and looking at me. And I'm like, what's he doing? And I can tell they're, look, they're talking about me. I can tell, right, energetically. And I'm like, you know, he was gay. I'm straight, you know, and then. He 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 knows whatever. So next thing you know, he weighs me over. I'm like, what in the hell? 
Anyway, so I give the guy attitude because he's trying to assume he's this old guy, which I think he's trying to pick me up, which is awkward. And uh, he's like, dude, he's trying to give you a job, you idiot. I want you to say hi to Steve. Anyway, so Steve Merritt, who choreographed Chippendales, uh, uh, the two touring companies. Wow. And two, there was four, four, there was four versions. There was two touring companies and uh, two nightclubs, one in New York and Los Angeles. And Steve says to me straight up, like in the movie, like in the movie, at a party, like my own Hollywood story. He says, he goes, I've lost one of my dancers four months ago. We've had auditions. I can't find anyone to replace him. You're exactly what I'm looking for. How about it? Right? Huh. Anyway, so it turns out that, you know, <laughs> I was offended because, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like girl dancers, like male dancers tend to be a little snooty sometimes, like actors and actresses. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you try to get, a, you know, when girls are dancers and they say they're dancers, people say like, so what do you strip at, right? And they get so insulted, right? So kind of the same idea. So when he tells me Chip and Nails is a show, I remember thinking, oh, I'm not a, I am a dancer. I am not a Chippendale. I'm a commercial trained, you know, jazz dancer. And he goes, yeah. okay, well, you know, so how much money do you make making a commercial trained jazz dancer? You know, I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so my girlfriend says, take the job. And I took the job and I was on the road for a year and a half. And it was the beginning of my professional career. Wow, I wish you were wearing the costume right now. Like, that would have been a whole different podcast. I mean, you can see it. You can still see it. I can see the hair. (laughs) You see the abs. It's all there. Yeah. Anyway, so that's sort of a really good step into, like, professional career. Um, It was fun. It was fantastic. And then within a year and a half, it was actually stupid because, it, you know, trained dancers have to keep training, like anybody, you know, to keep up your talent abilities. And that was not going to be a stripper. The rest of my life, this was a job to get me. So uh, within a year and a half, I quit. Come back to Los Angeles, got an agent. And, you know, next, you know, work with Michael Jackson, work with Prince, work with Paul Abdul. I was with Paul for two years. So I made it. I made an incredible living of this. And, and you know, I met my wife in that period. My wife's a professional prima ballerina. So she ended up taking, when, you, when you're in the business of dancing, just like actors, you, you, you perform, you teach, you travel. You perform, you teach, you travel. So you come back in town and you teach, and then you go on a job. <laughs> so I was teaching, and my wife walked into my class, and there it was. Put a fork Damn. in me. This is my baby. So we did this for years, and then at one point, I um, I was I traveled. I did the I did the, I had the life for fifteen years, and at one point we wanted to start a family. So I was not going to be the absent absolutely dad you know what i mean i was gonna be in europe when my kids are little babies so i changed my life completely i was done it sounds glamorous right the road traveling after after 15 years it's not glamorous it's just another hotel Mm. another plane another crabby stewardess (laughs) (laughs) enough already right enough already so i ended up i settled in los angeles i opened a car business in los angeles i bought a house in los angeles i was six minutes from the house was six minutes from my business and the house was two blocks from the kids school so both my wife and i were at every meet every recital every parade every halloween parade every christmas but like both of us 10 o'clock in the morning we're front center you know present for my kids because i didn't have that right so that's the way i set up my life and i, I would keep dancing in town i refused to go out of town i was grounded at a business to keep me grounded i didn't have to take the work that i didn't want to take so that was sort of phase two of my life i call it um 
the car business that I did for 20 plus years. Fantastic. It exploded really quickly, you know, but it was amazing to, I used to travel the world to get paid and now we'd actually sit somewhere in Los Angeles and people come to me. Yeah. Hmm, Funny concept, right? How fun. Yeah. Um, So, but that was always a guy still in personal development, always a workshops, business workshop, money workshops, get ahead of workshop, get your shit together, whatever, you know, all this stuff. I've never ever stopped. I'm always, again, curious, curious, curious. In 2006, I'm in San Jose, California, Northern California, on a business workshop, trying to take my business to the next level. I meet a couple, it's the three-day weekend, on the, f- the flight back to Los Angeles, we're sitting in the same row, which I thought was cute. I thought it was random. Life is not very random at all. <laughs> I mean, I used to believe that then, not anymore, right? It's like coincidences are too, whatever. She says to me, the, the lady says to me, she goes, what are you doing this weekend? Like next weekend, because we're coming back from this weekend. And I go, oh, I, I'm off next, next weekend. She goes, you want to come to a workshop? It's on me. Right? And she invites me to a workshop. And of course, I say yes, because those could be expensive and, you know, right. blah, blah. So, and then I go, after I agreed, I go, you know, what is it? And she's like, oh, it's called Understanding Women. Okay. <laughs> now you have to understand my arrogance in that at that point was like because I'm artistic. That's the only way I could explain it. That I've always attracted soft, sweet women. Mm-hmm. I never did the crazy. I never did the crazy stuff my friends did. I never did the yelling and that. Oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. When you meet my wife, you go, oh, right. And that's always yeah. the type that I attracted. So, what are you going to teach me about? Like, you know. And I'm thinking now I'm going to ruin my spend my weekend in the workshop. Over understanding women. Okay. Right. So I'm kind of backed into it. I said I was going to go, so I went, you know, and I remember walking in the space on Saturday morning, airport hotel, 400 people in the space, 400 people. And instantly I went, uh oh, <laughs> this isn't going to be cute. Mm. And sure enough, Alison Armstrong, Alison Armstrong is a own company that teaches men, understanding men, celebrating women back then, starts speaking. And by the end of the workshop, my brain's all over the wall. All over the world. Like, and I realized I knew nothing about women, like absolutely zero, not even a little bit, like zero. And what was dangerous to me about this is we had two little kids at the time. I think my, my son is like three or four years old. My daughter is two years younger. Right? My wife and I are fine. We're not, I'm not looking for this stuff. I just tripped on it. But what I realized is I knew nothing about women, which means I knew nothing about my wife. And I realized mm-hmm. that's really freaking dangerous if I don't know what I'm doing to her because I don't know. Right? Wow. You know what I mean? So it yeah. literally, she says, when I came home, I was white. I was, I was so ups, I was so upset about the things that I realized that I didn't know, which is dangerous. Now, understand all my siblings, my other four siblings, all married and divorced two, three, four times. I have my angel, my baby girl, we have two little kids. I'm not going to mess this up because I don't know. Right? So yeah. my curious, curious brain went into... I need to know all this. So that's how it started. I ended up taking all the company's curriculum, every workshop they had available. I'm all over it. I started volunteering for every workshop outside of this to soak the material. I'm a teacher at heart. So, uh, you know, within a year, I'm teaching for them, right? Because <laughs> that's yeah. the easy extension. And that was how it started. From there, I didn't continue with these guys, but I ended up studying with Dr. John Gray, Esther right. Perel, uh, Shanti Felhand, all famous people, Dr. Pat Allen here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Freaking, you know, and so I have a cocktail of information knowledge that sort of 
gets me to this point where uh, I think the cocktail of information that I have, because I, I could explain to you the psychology of relationship, the chemistry of relationships, mm -hmm. the anthropological you know, part of a relationship, like whichever angle you want to, it all connects together, by the way, in the back. So yeah. the cocktail that I have, I think is untouchable without any arrogance, you know, and the thing next thing you know, at my car business, I'm coaching people. <laughs> people yeah. open oh up God. to me. So that's how all this started. Sorry, it's a long, long story. No, I'm so glad you kind of went through your different phases, right? Because I mean, I think we all go through our journey and it shapes us in different ways and it leads us down different roads. And I agree with you, nothing is just happenstance, right? right? If you look for it, like there are things that might be in your face, but then you don't you don't act on it. And you, you really did act on the things that just kind of came to you in those moments in time. You know, it's so interesting how you, I loved the beginning part, you know, where, you know, going from this kind of strange kid who didn't really have much purpose or passion to a, someone who just rose above it all, you know, mm -hmm. like rising from the ashes, like Phoenix. And you just, and and the whole metaphor around, I think, dance is such a beautiful one with the topic that we're talking about. Like how, you know, at what point do you lead and at what point do you allow yourself to be led, you know? And um, I just, I was curious, like through the journey of dance and all of that, like, do you feel like that also helped you in ways of like just navigating your body, your energy with 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 women just in general? Well, yeah, it's, it's, I had to lead. Yeah. I had to lead, you know, and and if I realized very quickly, this is just, every dancers, ballroom dancers know this, that, you know, if, if my leadership is soft a little bit, if I'm not sure what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Because I'm in charge the whole time. She's vulnerable to my leadership. That's the only way for her to be feminine, let go and actually shine, right? Yes. So she has to let me do it. She has to trust me to lead her. There's a lot of confidence building in that. There's a lot of vulnerability for her. But I guess as, as I'm planning every step, you know, a couple of seconds ahead, right, I'm constantly on. Excuse me. Um, if I question myself, if I, for one second, I'm not sure what I'm doing, that split second even of, wait, what? Mm -hmm. she, she instantly stiffens up. Uh! Yeah. Uh! Right? Which is what yeah. women do in relationship. If the guy doesn't have it, guess what? Oh, she's got to take it. Right. And then instant anxiety, instant stress, a little adrenaline in the system. Right. And people don't understand how in tune we are with that energy. Right. Men and women do not bring the same energy forward. There's two different types of power, magnetic, positive, negative, like a battery. You know what I mean? Yin yang, masculine and feminine. These are opposite on purpose and they create the polarity of everything that's natural in life. Everything in nature is polarized. Yes. So we don't really understand even the fine tuning of this. So that's why the idea of equality in my world is stupid because it works for business and money, but in relationships, it's the kiss of death. And we can talk about this later. But anyway, the, the energy is what's essential. So the moment I doubt my leadership for myself, she stiffens up. When she stiffens up, often then her reflex, this is in everything, relationship, but dance, her reflex will be to help me or to Crab control for a second, yeah. right? Like, because she feels literally a little bit scared instantly. Like, oh, right. And when that happens, this is when I get the elbow to the face or the knee to the groin because my lack of leadership has her <clears throat> step in. And now we're for a split second lose control and collide. You know what I mean? And that's how I get hurt. 
Oh my God. This is such a like metaphor to what we're talking about too. Like what you just described is exactly what goes on in dating and, you know, relationships and that energy that both bring to the table, because, you know, a lot of times each gender think it's the other gender's job, right? Like I hear powerful (laughs) women say, well, we're all the alpha men, you know, know, they don't come to me and nobody, but then you are, because you are right. And I said, but what are you doing to send off the signals that, Hey, I'm open. I'm ready for business, you know, because both parties have responsibilities of approachability. And, and, and to your point, when one stiffens up, the other reacts. And, and here's the thing with like, I, I feel like high achievers and what we're talking about, it all boils down to the confidence thing. You know, like it was so beautiful how you came into your confidence mm. with the dance. And as you grew in the confidence, you started attracting, you know, the alike. And so that's super important for a man to feel that alpha confidence so that he can lead. And then at the same time, what happens with powerful women is if the man doesn't like own that strength, she gets scared, like you said, yep. just like in the dance. Yep. And she'll go into her confidence. And guess what confidence is for her leading because she knows she's good at that. But it's an overcompensation of what she doesn't really want. Like she wants right. the guy to lead. And so I just love this conversation. It's masculine, right? You put yeah. women in the leader. She could lead as a woman. That's fantastic. But you know, with money, with work, with career, it's okay. But in relationships, you know, if you want a man to be a man, to sort of put his arms around your life and provide and protect, you have to lend me the man. So if you're the bigger man, you attract, you attract in my world what I call boys, right? In my world, there's yeah. three types of men. There's not, there's three types of In my peeling the onion on this and research and the stuff that I've done for years, I've come up with there's three types of men. They all look like men. They're three completely different characters. They function differently. They act differently. They speak differently. They're very easy to spot from my perspective, but that's one of the first things I teach my ladies. You know, if you're a masculine woman, again, everything I'm teaching is nature and science. Yeah. In my opinion. Understand? So if you understand that everything is polarized in life, everything in nature is polarized. Yin, yang, black, white, you know, masculine, feminine, positive, negative magnets, right? Everything, is, everything that f- works, everything that flourishes, everything that grows, everything that um, grows and s- survives is polarized. Nowhere in nature is the masculine act like the feminine. Yes. We're opposites in every way made to fit. We're complementary. Now, we think we're better than that. Go girl, badass, don't need no man. Okay, well, this is how you end up collecting boys. Because boys, who don't, are mass, men who don't have a masculine side, it's just typically trauma-related. Like women who are overly masculine is typically trauma-related in childhood. We know this. So if you're masculine, you attract feminine. Whatever, whatever is between your legs. So masculine women so independent and they're so they're so proud of that. It's great. Have terrible times in relationship because they attract boys, and boys want you, ladies, to mother them. They want you to work. They want you to go fifty fifty. They, they, you know, they doesn't. They don't want to pay for you. They don't want to take care of you. They don't want to protect you. They want you to make them comfortable. They want you to do the work. They go, girl, get that other to the you know job. Yeah. You know, they want you to be strong, independent, powerful. They love 50-50. They love feminism because as they, you know, encourage you to go and kill it out there, he's on the couch, spooning the dog, smoking the joint, writing his music, you know, <laughs> playing video games like a, like a child. And we know the disaster there, right? Because soon enough, like you become his mother. It's really the energies happen. So these boys want to be mother. They want to be comfortable. 
which is what men actually want to do for women, by the way, but in the right, you know, diatron. Um, so the, the, this is always, you probably know this, but this is always the same story. Women will be in that space of, you know, strong and and powerful and then take care of their man and sort of, you know, it's a Peter Pan syndrome, right? Like yeah, the, win, the yeah. Wendy trying to take care of Peter Pan. He won't grow up and she's his mama, uh -huh. right? She just, she doesn't want to be in pain. She just wants him to be comfortable. She wants to help him. She wants to help him. He'll take the help and everybody do anything with it, right? He's not going to grow up. He's not going to get a job. He's not going to become a doctor. He'll talk about it and she'll just keep, anyway, it's just, the so worst that's thing. the first type is like the Peter Pan guy or the, yeah, the boys, the boys, okay, the, the boys, boys. Okay, the boys. Okay. If you're masculine woman, you'll attract right. boys or if you're feminine man. And within a few, like the, the danger, the danger about boys is they're very, because they're feminine. They're, they know how to seduce. They know how to be slick. They mm. know how to say all the right things. They'll have you out of your pants in no time. Right. They talk, 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 talk. They'll, they'll tell you everything you want to hear. All your teenage fantasies will come out. <laughs> all of them. Like they're, they're, they're very dangerous. John Cassidy's on the wall. Yeah. No, Straight up. Right. They're right. very dangerous that way because yeah. they, they're all self-serving. Their job is to seduce you to get what they want out of you. So mm. you, women go they're, like in a month, he's got you wrapped up. Right. Now you're starting to lend him money that he promised to pay back that he never does. He's driving you a car because he can't fix this piece of crap. Right, he moves into your house because his landlord's a douche. Right, right, seriously. Like, and yeah. then you walk in his dog because he won't do it, and you become his mom. And this is a terrible, terrible thing. It happens after, you know, within the first couple of months, you think, "Oh my God, I knew one of them existed." So sweet, so sensitive. So they're apparently uh, really good in bed too. So another way to seduce the a masculine hook. woman, yep. the, the hook, hook. masculine women, uh, mm -hmm. whatever, you know. And then six months down the down the road, you wonder what the hell happened to your life. Mm, yes. right because now you're his mama you're paying for everything he doesn't do anything you don't feel safe but he's cute and he's good in bed right and if you get stuck there you know my point is this is what my, all my clients encounter i go honey you're so masculine you have no choice nature will give you the opposite polarity that you are so if you want a masculine man we need to give we need to bring your feminine back feminine back up yep Yep, and it's, it's it. important to say, like, women think so, like, you overcalibrate, like, your masculine yes. is up to here, and your feminine has been neglected. That's on the, on the ground. Again, typically trauma in childhood. Yeah. First thing we have to fix, which is I do what I do. But so, but women are like, so I love that, and I hate that at the same time. How many times that, how many times that I hear this? They're like, oh, so you want us to dumb it down and shake our asses like Marilyn Monroe? Oh, like, I know. I get that all the time. Is that Ladies, what I said? listen to this. This is not about dumbing down, and I, I deal with this too. At all. So no. if you're overcalibrated, you're just overcalibrated, yeah. which means you're invisible to men. Yeah. You're only attracted to attractive to the boys. Problem number right. one if you find yourself in the loop with all these losers, it's you. It's your energy. It's your, the, the, the energy you put out will attract what it attracts. Nature. So I'm not talking about destroying this that you've built, your amazing talent, your amazing... Well, it's not about changing that. It's about adjusting this one. Right, <laughs> it's right. About and then there's the balance. cultivating yes. this one. Typically, when you cultivate this side, you're like, you know what? I don't need to work so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then, to me, in my world, a true badass is a woman who knows how to be masculine where she needs to. Mm -hmm. and you know, and then knows how to be feminine with appropriate. So yeah. the way I see it, it's a little crass, are you ready? I go, ladies, you can be badass all at work, make some money, go girl, right? Don't right. And I said, but when you're done with this, leave your balls at work. 
leave your balls oh my at God, work yes. because you cannot put <laughs> your balls in a man's face and think that's attractive, but they all do it. I'm a CEO, I did this, I'm taking over, you know what I mean? So masculine women make the mistake of thinking their power, their doing, their money, their career is interesting to men. It is not at all. At yeah. all. We don't give a crap about your money. So, ladies, this is really important. We'll get into this in a second because I want to hear the other two. Um, yeah, 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 guys and boys, boys men, yeah. and or men. But you know what? Where a lot of women get stuck, and it sounds like we both deal with this, is that it's like okay, like they'll hear this in theory, like what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> but then they're like, "But how?" <laughs> you Thank know, you. like because they think that they are. Do you know what I mean? So, right. like, we we gotta like maybe give them a little more juiciness around that. But let's go yeah. through the other two, and then we'll kind of circle back. So to those are, those are boys. The boys yeah. in my world are not rehabilitable. Is that the word? Saying? Right. Yeah. Like you can't rehabilitate them. They're just because they see nothing wrong with their ways. Their job is to take advantage of everything. About the narcissists. Right. And women are here to serve them. Yep. They typically have no father role models. They don't know how to be men. And they've been overcuddled by their mothers. And okay, by the age of 13, they decide, they, they, get, they come to realize that women are here to serve them. So they don't change. This is why these guys you have to avoid at all costs. They will yeah. ruin your life. They will take over. They will steal from you. They will take advantage of your body, your energy, uh, your money, like everything. They'll mm -hmm. take everything from you. That's their job. So, that's why I say, ladies, you really got to tune up about understanding this dynamic so you never get taken again because those are the toxic ones. Yeah. It's the, the masculine men aren't toxic. Masculine men are more protective of these guys. Masculinity is not toxic. Masculine is providing, protecting, cherishing women, children, everything that's weaker instinctively. So men will protect you from these douchebags, right? So it's not men that are toxic. It's the soft feminine ones who are manipulative, they cheat, they lie, they con, right? Everybody in jail is a girl with a penis. They're not men. They don't know how to be men. They use, they use, you know, scary... Wait, but this is still all the same first guy, right? That's all the same. Okay, person. so yeah, who, what's saying, number two? Okay, so number two, I call them guys. So there's boys, guys, guys and men. Okay. So guys are, you see them everywhere nowadays. They've been, they, they're masculine enough to have a job. Yeah, they have, but it's a small job typically, or some kind of you know, it's not a CEO, you know, production company, right? It's not, yeah, it's not a, they, they're, they're typical guys, right? They have jobs, they have little shitty cars, they have three roommates, so they're, they're, they're manly <laughs> enough to manage their lives, right? But they've been shamed out of being masculine, especially with women. So they do this with women, they were raised. That they were raised that masculinity is toxic to not lean on a woman, to not assert yourself on a woman, to not make plans because that's toxic. You know, so what do they do? They go, so what do you want to go for dinner? Uh, so, like, what kind of movie you want to see? Oh, uh, do, right. I, do, I, do I see you this weekend? Uh, you want to Indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> right there, they can't, they don't, they've been shamed yeah. out of being masculine in that right. way to make plans. And women, they think they're being polite. Again, typically raised by women and or the culture or the schooling or whatever. It's everywhere nowadays. And they don't understand. They're trying to be polite. They don't understand that it makes women crazy. Women, men, if you're listening, women hate that shit. They, they hate they that hate shit. It. They, they hate it. it. And they then it forces the woman to be in their, her masculine because now of she's course. planning. Right? Of course, because you're putting her in the masculine. Yes. And now she's like, you know, if the movie sucks, she'll take that personally, even though she has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. If she picked the wrong movie. That's right. And if, and if you talk be her shit fault. about it, she'll think that, right? 
to him, you say, that was a sucky movie, and she'll actually get upset with you because she picked the wrong movie. Like, none of that works, man, ladies. None of that works. So those are guys. They're everywhere. The good nice. news is, the good news is, as a woman, if you get who he is, if you understand that, okay, he's got his stuff together enough to manage his life. He's not living, you know, mother's basement playing video games at 30, right? That's not a boy. That's a guy. He's, he's managing his life, but it's not big. If you encourage him if you teach him that you're one who wants him to lead they step right up typically really quickly so there's a lot of good about those guys they just okay. typically have been shamed out of it yeah so as an as an aware woman if you train by me you'll spot him in a second and you can encourage him to step up and they realize wait this is a woman who wants me to be the man this is a woman who likes men to be men right Open doors and you know pull chairs and all that stuff, right? Like yeah, you, she's just got to train him. You got to just give him permission. Yeah. It's actually yeah. they need permission because they've been shamed out of it. So those guys step up because they have it inside of them and they can they can be expanded. The third one are men. Dun dun dun. And men are just men. You know, men. You know, yeah. ladies. You know this. When you meet a real man, right? It's a little scary. You get a little like whoa. Like they're they're so big energetically, they're so testosterone. You know, I mean, they're loud. They stand there. They don't care. You know what I mean? They own, own they, they 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 own the space they're standing in and everything around it. You know what I mean? You know you can't mess with them. They'll run you right over, right? They <laughs> laugh in your face. You can't disrespect them. You'll get handled on the spot, right? They're like so in the presence of a masculine man, even a masculine woman goes, Ooh. yeah, right. It, it melts you. Is is that energy is over the top? That energy is bigger than anything you can. It's and you can, it's palatable. Now these guys are my favorite because these are the men who are men. They know who they are. They're solid. They spend a lifetime building the character. Right? They have missions in life. They know why they're here. They know where they're going. They want to leave a legacy. You know, they they want to conquer everything. Look at that. Right? And these are the guys who want wives, who want families. You know, who want to build a castle, a life you know, a kingdom around themselves and put their arms around everything they love, everything and everyone they love. Those are men. Now, because they're so masculine, again, they tend to be a little scary, a little bit. And I say this to women, right? You want, you want, you want, you want to find a man? Pick one that scares you a little bit, energetically, because that's a man, right? Not a sweet one. Not a sweet one. <laughs> the sweet one would make you work. Anyway, <laughs> so, and, so, and what happened is the only thing you have to learn to do with masculine men, man, is you have to, I speak, I actually teach Menglish, is how to negotiate with those guys respectfully to adjust when they're too big. Because they, they'll be too big, they'll mm -hmm. be too loud, they'll be too controlling, they'll run you over, They'll run you completely over. You want to explain why you don't want to go to the blah, blah. And he goes, ah, you don't want to go. I don't care. No, but let me explain. I don't want you. I don't care. You don't want to go. Right? Like, they'll just run you over because they're, they're no nonsense. They, they, you don't, they don't need the details. You know what I mean? It's working. It's not working. So how do you negotiate respectfully when he goes too far? Because they always go too far. It's called testosterone in the body, in the blood. right? So how do you negotiate that is what I teach women with these guys. Because those are the guys who do everything that you want. Provide, protect, cherish, give. Men, you know, women, children. Like these are the these are the good guys. They're big. Well, nature. So, okay, this will be the feminine to kind of tone them down. 
Okay, I have a question Ooh, though, because please. I can know this is this is this is good stuff. Okay, but Thank you. I'm interested in this last category and how it yeah. compares to the first one. And I'll because I can hear and I can just see the 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 wheels turning in women's heads, being yeah. like, "But he sounds like an asshole. He sounds like narcissistic." Like that no. last one. So, how do you distinguish? the man from the boy, because you're actually labeling the boys as narcissists. And yep. I think this is a really big distinction. And yep. why, because I deal with narcissists a lot with women, yep. why women get hooked into the narcissist because they seem like they're men. It's actually in disguise. But when you take off the costume and you look inside, yep. they're just boys. And yep. I, cause I agree with you, but I think we need to like flush that out a little because I, well, I could see the confusion with someone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's rather simple, right? It's like, you know, people will reveal themselves if you just give them a chance yeah. to reveal themselves. Right, right. So right. I have clients after clients, they, they meet the guy, they meet the guy three times at dinner, you know, they have chemistry and she's like already picking out her wedding gown. I'm like, you don't even know his last name. You haven't met his family, you don't yeah, know his right. friends, you don't know who he is, you know what's wrong with him because everybody's got something wrong with him. You know what I mean? What What makes the wheels come off on him? Right. What made the wheels come off on you, by the way, honestly? This yeah, is the thing yeah. that we want to share as soon as possible. We all pretend, we put the face, we say all the right things. No, <laughs> no. So you got to just wait. Like, so in my world, again, the research, the study, the work that I've done with all these masters, we know that it takes 12 months to get to know the person in front of you. 12 months. Totally There's agree. Four yeah. stages of development of a relationship. The first three months is the perfect phase. Where everybody behaves, nobody does anything wrong, you know, and you know, not, nothing it's bothers honeymoon. anybody, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing bothers anybody. It's yeah. the first three months, right? So three months is three months, not three weeks. Not sleeping with him on the fourth date, you don't know him, and there's a whole science about uh, behind that as well that women don't know that destroys men's attraction to when you. Anyway, we'll talk about this maybe. It's a whole new. Podcast. Yeah, well, we're, you're gonna have to come back because there's so many like subtopics yeah. that are coming. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So, um, what was I saying? I just lost. I said went into. Um, we were what? talking about like the phases and right. So the first yeah. three, the first three months is a perfect phase. The second three months we call the imperfect phase. It's when people start getting real, right? Like the personality shows up. Like you stop being so perfect, right? I had a client who said <laughs> she's like. Um, this is new. Uh, he started burping the alphabet, and he thinks it's really funny. <laughs> like that, that is new. Hey, that's and, new. And on the other Don't side, the stop. guy said to me, "I swear to God, this is correct." He goes, "Dude, she takes a dump, but the door open now." <laughs> like he was horrified, right? Like, <laughs> like right, this right. is new, right? This is yeah. an imperfect phase. You get to find out how people tick and the little corks and the stuff that was never present the first time. Six months. We're now six months in, and you're only halfway through knowing the person. Nine months between six and and between six and nine months is called the negotiating phase. You start talking about, you know, I don't like when you do this, you know, I, you know, this I like. If you do this, I'll do this. You know what I mean? You start negotiating softly the stuff that works for you. That's normal. That happens in that three to nine months. Get this. It takes nine months. This is if you date somebody, you see them once or twice a week. If you see more than that, I was going to say that that matters. There, there's a there's a yeah. phase, right? But yeah. it's pretty still standard. The, the stage of developments of relationships are very very predictable. You might just step them up a little faster if you see each other four times a week, but that's unusual. People work, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? People like don't live in the next, right? People don't live close to each other. So, so standard once to twice a week, right? It'll take three months, three months. But so six to nine months is when you start negotiating the little, the small stuff. It takes nine months. Are you ready? This is why you don't move fast. There's no need to rush this. You don't know each other. It takes nine months to find out if you have a deal breaker with them or them with you. It takes not a psychopath can hold up the lies to for nine months and then it comes undone. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait till nine months to actually know if there's something really wrong with that person. The guy likes to party. Takes nine months to find out he's a drunk. He'll hide it forever. And nine so how? Months. Yeah, no, it's so important. How does this relate then to like the narcissist versus the man? You know, like the boy. Because versus- you will discover, you will discover that in that that curb, right? You uh, don't jump into bed the first yeah. after four weeks. You don't know who he is. You get hooked on him. Right. You know, the problem with early sex is that it gives you the the feeling of. Uh, compatibility that's fake it's a chemistry compatibility it's not a lifestyle personality compatibility so a lot of women make the mistake of jumping in too fast men too but men sort of that's their drive so you get all tangled up you fall in love you're having sex you bonded all the chemistry happens and then nine months later you find out he's a drunk now you have to break up with him your heart is broken do you know what i mean yeah. Like you, it's you, so, so we true. play this game of we play this game of beating ourselves up, going right. too fast. My point is you wait. Narcissists are very easy to spot after a little while because it's all about them. Narcissists, when you t- when I teach you to manglish, trying to negotiate, you know, with a with a man, it works it's something you apply to everybody and to women as well, by the way. But it's a system of really approaching men respectfully so they respond and adjust. If if you if you do that, if you if you use that language on a narcissist, he turns it on you. Oh, yeah. And that's how you know, like this, like this. You do yeah. it one time, one time, and he goes, Whoa, you're the one with the problem. You're too sensitive. I, I can't, you know, like, I don't have to change anything. He'll, they'll turn it on you. That's yeah. a narcissist. They now sit loud and clear, and it doesn't take six months, it takes three dates. You know, that this is so, so good. And, you know, one of the things, too, that I think would really help women and distinguish those two is that I think the hook for women where they think that boy is strong, like a man, it's vibrato. I call it vibrato, where they're acting as if. However, there's no sense of care or empathy or real desire to please you. Mm-hmm. And that, is, I think, is the big distinction because the man, while it may feel like, oh, well, like he doesn't really care because he just goes around, but he actually does. He just does. He's not dependent on your opinion to feel good about himself. Right. Right. And I think that's the really big distinction. So it, I, it, I think it's so hard sometimes for women to it's, understand that. But know, to your point, it takes time. It takes time. And I, I, keep, I break it all up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, in my world, my first thing I do with my client after we do, like, you know, clean up their baggage. So yeah. I, can't, I can't get anybody a healthy relationship when you show up with all your baggage. All of us. So right. first thing I do is clean the baggage so they're actually off your baggage. Like, they're, they're actually at choice instead of your subconscious running the show. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'll never, you know what I mean? Whatever things you picked up in childhood, we all have it. So baggage first, and then we go right into how to build a relationship, a healthy, long-term relationship. And I first thing I teach is boys, guys, and men. And I send them out there in the world to spot them. And they, three weeks. Three yeah. weeks. 
Love three it. weeks, not three months, three weeks, right? And all of a sudden, like, you don't date, like, oh, my God, I hope he's a good guy. I hope he likes me. I hope he wants to commit. I hope he wants to get married. I hope he wants kids. Hell that, right? When you date, understanding how to date and understanding that you know what's in front of you just by listening, ladies, it's so easy. Like, one date, typically. Maybe two or three, depending on, you know, how much he likes to talk. But instead of dating like <laughs> this, instead of dating like this, check it out. You make yourself feel good, not perfect, too much stress, right? Ladies try too hard thinking maybe he's the one. Forget all that shit. Excuse me, but forget all that uh, shit. I'm right? Make yourself feel good. Get this. And instead of showing up like this, I hope, I hope this may be the one. Show up like this. Mm-hmm. Let's just see who you are. Let's just see who he shows up as. Let's just see and listen to what he's saying. Listen to his words, right? Again, the three types speak differently. A boy will peacock, talk about himself the whole time. A man will ask you questions because he's interested in finding out who you are. A guy is somewhere in the middle. You have to help him. But again, I give you all these tools. It's, it's essential. And imagine being able to date, knowing what you're doing, knowing what to avoid, knowing you can't get con, taken, manipulated. You know, like yeah. it's liberation. You know, and then all of a sudden, my women, every one of them, because most of them come from trauma, which means they never met a man. They don't, they've never met the man I'm talking about. They met boys. They meet boys and they think that's men. And I'm like, honey, no, <laughs> that's those are boys. They make a third of the population. You, you manage to only attract those guys. Not your fault, your past. Anyway, so when they kind of, kind of peel the onion and sort of go, oh, like after three weeks, they can spot a guy on a text, a boy on a text. Yeah. That's some that's shit, right? Awesome. Like that's, that's like awesome. not three months again, right? So yeah. all of a sudden they feel safe in the world, which is the ultimate, you know, safety for a woman to feel safe is the, the, the ultimate, you know, gift not to be, you know, at risk, not to be manipulated, handled, taken advantage of. All anyway, so so not dating like this, dating like this. And yeah. he'll reveal themselves by the question he's asking. You get to do very little, but respond to what he's up to. Right, a boy will show off in peacock, ask no, nothing about you, and if he asks things about you, you can tell he doesn't doesn't really care. Right, right. he's just being right. polite. You'll pick all that up, right? You yeah. tune in, but the freedom on the other side. So my my clients will then eventually go. So within a few weeks, they're going to go. Oh, I think I met a man. <laughs> and they go, tell me more. Well. I kind of got nervous when I got near him first. <laughs> and I go, yeah, mm, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what else? Well, she goes, you look right in my face. And he says, hmm, I've never seen you here before. This is where you hang out. Well, no, my girlfriend's over here. Hmm, there's something about you. Um, I'd like to get to know you better. Get every phone number. And she freaking falls in a puddle after we leave. Right. She goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I think I just met one because men know who they are. They know what they want. Right, yeah. and they go after it. Right, boys right. don't, guys don't. Andre, this was so great. I uh, obviously like we like we could I, do this for another hour. It's crazy. And I was like, look at that. Oh my god, I we know. have to end at some point. Um, <laughs> it's so, and I know we had promised to kind of give the how to, but I feel like that's a whole other episode. That's and in this, fact, you yeah. gave some gold nuggets, and I think. You know, I'll just kind of recap and saying that it's the phrasing sometimes that you use, ladies. It's also your body language and how you show up and what your you're energy, indicating. Your energy. Your energy, the charisma, and how you are leaning back. And you know how you described, you know, just show up and be like, hmm. I describe yeah. it as Queen B. And I, in fact, 
tell women to envision them on their throne. Straight up. Just kind of like say, oh, who are you? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And it's that leaning back is the receiving part. And yep. there is an energy to that. So, Andre, yep. this was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, tell everybody how they can find you. And um, yeah, okay. this was also awesome. I have a gift for you listeners if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, you know, some people call crap on everything I say. OK, whatever. And some people totally get it and sort of resonate. I, I think because I speak nature, it resonates. Even if the hardcore feminist sometimes you go, oh, never thought of it that way. I'm like, good. Right? So if any, yeah, if anybody <laughs> thinks that make you go, hmm. <laughs> I said, if, if anything I said resonated with anybody, and if you are courageous, because it takes courage, my team and I created a landing page for my calendar. If you go to www.andregroupcoaching.com, it takes you to my calendar. If you're a man or a woman, you book yourself a VIP hour on my calendar, and we'll have a conversation one-on-one -on -one, like this, you and I. But with you know, and we'll basically in that call that we dig into where you're stuck, what's not working, what the loop is, boys, most likely, right? What is the struggle? I could peel the onion back. We'll go right to childhood in ten minutes. We'll figure out what happened to you. So you you come out of it knowing there's nothing wrong with you. You're part of your path. So. Ah, understand this? It's liberating, by the way. Now, from here, what's the dream? What's the goal? What's the, what's the dream? Marriage, children, you know, or hold on. Really? <laughs> My phone. <laughs> marriage, marriage or children, you know, or, you know, long-term, you know, companionship, whatever. And then we'll talk about what that looks like for you. And I have different ways to work with me, you know, small, medium, large, extra large. But um, that call alone is liberating. So yeah, awesome. The rest of it is on my my email list. You know, projectequinox.net is my website. You can, you can spend spend the day there. There's all bunch of stuff. Project Equinox on Instagram, uh, TikTok under my name under Parody. So you know, it's a bunch of ways to come around. But the website is you can spend a good afternoon playing there. Awesome. And if you actually Google my name um, under podcast podcast under Parody. There's a whole avalanche of stuff that you could hear me talk about. Conversation, but yeah, I have to say this conversation with you was special. Like Aww. you, no, seriously, I do a lot of these, you know, and you because you understand what I'm talking about. Really, I think you're probably maybe one of the only ones that really understand what I'm talking about. The way I'm saying it, right? The the, the in between, right? Um, that your questions sort of took us to a different place. So I appreciate that. Very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, I we speak the same language, yeah. you know, and I think like we were talking about before it, it's so awesome having it come from like, you know, male, female perspective that, you know, and, and, and this is, it's like you said, it's not about changing who you are, dumbing down, being someone you're not. It's about energy and changing old habits to get a different result. And if that so, is what you're looking for, then, you know, that, that's, that's exactly it's what it's we're talking about. And again, it's not, not knowing mostly in my world, yeah. just not knowing, just, you know, and to me, not knowing is unacceptable. Right. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> so it's, just it's, know. So get in touch with Andre, get in touch with me. We'd love to help you. Andre, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today. You listening. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, as always, KimmySeltzer.com. And here's the thing. If you're having a hard time finding quality potential partners and don't know where to go or, or how to be, I have a special announcement. 
I am now accepting applications to a specially designed experience called Dating Reimagined. Now, this is a program that combines a six-week live interactive class. It's co-ed, and we culminate into a three-day in-person retreat in Arizona. I'm super excited about this. It's an intimate experience, um, and it's the most action-oriented event that I've had and I will be continuing to have, but I hope you join us this time around. Um, And really, I want you to enjoy dating and get support with other singles who are going through the same thing just like you. So if you are tired of figuring out where to go and feel drained and frustrated with the lack of results, then just click the link and you can see that in the show notes. Apply. We'll hop on a call. We'll see if it's right for you. And I'd love to chat with you. So remember, Working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.